You heard her before? Way back in the past. If you don't listen to Rebecca, she gonna whip that ass. In these crazy times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of Your Heroes of Noise. I am one third of this amazing trio. My name is Steve. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the show. My name is Dan. This is episode 97. We are happy to be here. We are not, it's not us today. It's not just a pair. It is, in fact, a trio. Steve, do me a favor, sir. Would you mind introducing this wonderful person that we have on the other side of the microphone? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you've probably been to a lot of concerts. You've probably heard presidents speak. You've heard a lot of amazing things in your life. But nothing can prepare you to the star that we have on this not show. Not a damn thing. Now she's vi- not a daggone thing. Have you seen dinosaurs come back? Probably not comparison. Have you seen a ghost appear? Probably still not a comparison. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the amazing, the incomparable Rebecca Daly. You guys are way too much. You hyped up this audience so much, so hard. And they were like, oh, it's just her? No. Oh, I guarantee that's not true. No, click. I guarantee you half the audience turned this off. I don't blame them. You're afraid of someone's going to be like, what's this bullshit? We got we to rewind. What, was they, what were they clicking in order to turn off their podcast? Listen, I'm, I'm old, okay? Back in my day... You whippersnapper. We used to click things off. We used to have a clicker. Click. <laughs> then we didn't have a podcast. We had the radio and we liked it. Yeah, what are you talking about? And we were yeah, happy. New York's coming out again. And we were happy. <laughs> we slept on Brillo sheets and we were happy. We liked it. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear this. Click. Bzz. I was like, wait, what are we doing? I thought it was just. <laughs> okay, like, boomer. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'm not quite a boomer, though, so that's good. <laughs> All these youngins. That's hilarious. She's like, click. <laughs> That's the sound of their thumb hitting the podcast app on their iPhone. That's what it, you know what? Does yours click too, Dan? My little computer phone does do some clicking. Yes. I love it. <laughs> I, love, I prefer to, uh, I still have one that I just wear on my hip and I put quarters in it. Oh, that probably. Oh, dude. Okay. Speaking of clicks. Okay. This is so off topic. Do y'all have clicks on your text? Oh, when it's like like actual sounds of clicks? No, I hate it. Yes, dude. Thank you. I I do. I do have it on my... Oh, Rebecca. But it doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't have it set to like, you know, 11, but like I I have a click on that you can hear it typing. (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. I I mean, (laughs) don't get me wrong. If I put the phone on silent, you don't hear it. It doesn't bother me either way. Like I don't have a... I don't know. I I don't have a preference, I guess. I just... When the sound's on, it clicks, and when it's off, it doesn't. <laughs> and you, but you, and you said, yes, I want the clicks on my typing. I guess because I never bothered to turn them off, but it doesn't bother me. That is so. I've, I've been next. I first saw it on TV, and then I, I, I'm next to people, and I'll be hearing like click, 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 click. I was like, why do they have this initiated right now? I was like, goodness gracious, man. It's hard to be subtle too. Like I would take all the sounds off. I don't even want someone hearing the whoop when I send it. Like that's that's me. That's my <laughs> that private was accurate. Right there, you know that I mean? was accurate. Yeah, man, that was very accurate. It's not my thing. Whoop. 
You do it way better. Hey, can you imagine if the phone made a different sound if you sent like a sexy text message, like a se- like like a sext, and if like you a sent purr? like yeah yeah like a pervy message, and the phone was like <laughs> like when they sent, and like everyone around you would be like, oh, oh my They'll God. be like, Ooh. you know what's funny? That's a great idea. No, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I want the Barry White every time I send it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. every time you sit, it'll be like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like yeah. oh, that way there's man. no mistaking what's happening here. You got a good old fashioned sexting coming at you. <laughs> and that would and then when you hear it, you could be like, excuse me, everybody, I must go away for a second because I have as you heard, I have an important text. Yeah. <laughs> Just take this bottle of lotion with me and I'll be back a little later. <laughs> That's my cue. <laughs> got a bottle of lotion, nice. All of us will be like, okay, have fun. We heard the purr. No problem. Hey, Rebecca, you have to pardon our manners a little bit. We didn't actually say where you're from and where people can find you. And I realized that we could do this at the end of the show. But let's let's get people familiar with where you're at. Maybe they're going to go, oh, it's that, Rebecca. You know what I'm saying? So, guys, if you want to hear this lovely woman's voice more, because she has a lot to say, a lot of good things to say, you can find her at the Animated Batcast. Uh, she also does another show called Number One Comic Books with Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. Multiple appearances on Pop Culture Leftovers, by the way. And then, of course, the one that we're really going to talk about today is the recently launched Picard cast so you can look for her there yeah I'll put links to all the shows in there into the uh, notes of course so you can find these very easily and there they're my business part of it's done let's proceed Steve do you want to do the contact information right now G I don't give a shit sure all right go for it go ahead let me go ahead and just do that thing you know where I do the silly music Steve and do the contact love it I do miss the gap but I'm sure you do well you got braces what you gonna do Come on, man. That was, that was really That's funny. You have hit twice <laughs> that's now. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it's early in the show, sir. It's oh, early that's in the true, show. That's true. That's true. All right, let's do this. Hey, what's happening? My name is Dan, and welcome to Heroes of Noise Podcast. If you want to get a hold of the show, ladies and gentlemen, simple. That's all you got to do. Go to Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com and just use your little digits, your little clicks on your phone, whatever it takes, and send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. What do you want from us? I don't really care, but I still want to know what you think. And then also, you know, um, you can go to www.heroesofnoise.com and leave us voicemails and all that stuff. I'm actually going out of order today. It feels a little weird, but I like it. Now let's talk about Twitter. You can reach us at Heroes of Noise. Myself, Dan, at DanQPublic. And Steve, at SE underscore Hudson Music. That's what you got to do. There's really not a lot to it, actually. But back to that heroesofnoise.com, you can do all of that stuff right there. Not only can you do that, you can subscribe to our show. Uh, we're pretty much wherever podcasts are heard. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, what else we got? Pandora, all of that shit. But more importantly, just keep scrolling down the page and go to the Pods of Justice section. There you'll find our friends who do podcasts as well. Plenty of information, lots of content, lots of good people, lots of lovely voices. Listen to all of them. Just hit subscribe all the way through. All right? And then lastly, two more things. Go to the Heroes of Noise podcast community at Facebook. All right? It's a small group, but we're growing all the time. But it's really solid people, and I like all of them. There's no dicks in there whatsoever. I mean, figuratively speaking, of course. And then uh, lastly, we do this little thing called Patreon. If you want a little more of the show, go right over there. Check it on. You know what? I'm actually just going to say, just go over there right now. There's plenty to listen to. Steve, we should talk about this off mic, but I think we need to have a better, more productive January. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, there's still a whole bunch you can listen to to catch up. But we're going to be kicking ass there in 2020. I'm going to go ahead and stop talking because I feel like I'm rambling. And I'm going to turn it back to the lovely, the golden tone, Steve Hudson. So 
I want to learn a little bit more about this wonderful, amazing guest we have. Rebecca. Yes. You were recently talking about your prowess on the cooking. Uh, we we were talking about that. Yes. Before we started. Your amazing <laughs> prowess on the cooking. And this is something I did not know. Dan apparently knew that you're supposed to have. We're talking about mac and cheese, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. what mac and cheese is, but mac and cheese is something that I normally microwave. But these good folks were talking about cooking from scratch. So um, you said that there must be ridges in order to catch the flavor. So, OK, the key, I think, to you have to pick the right uh macaroni for mac and cheese right this is amazing so already by the way you're <laughs> this is amazing already here's okay so here's like your your ideal situation either a ridged pasta like a like a rigatoni yeah or a cavatappi or uh that's the corkscrew pasta thank you or, for answering that question <laughs> okay. be like, oh yeah where I, yeah Cavatappi like a motherfucker. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, too, like Cavatappi's work in the no Renaissance period. Um, like, great director. <laughs> Reminds me, I have to stock up again. <laughs> On the At the Cavatappi store. Um, <laughs> so that either something with ridges, so like uh, rigatoni, Cavatappi, or like a, a penne, or if you want to go for like maximum scope, scoopage or capturing of the sauce you get yourself like the small shells um which also tend to have ridges on the outside or even the orecchetti which are ear shaped and they also have ridges on the outside because now you've got like a little space for the sauce to like settle into when you mix it all together so when you take a bite it's not just macaroni and cheese it's macaroni with the cheese sauce inside the macaroni and there's like that little burst of flavor i'm telling you you that's the key uh not the only one but i think that's important it's funny because it brings up i recently watched a documentary on pasta oddly enough and learned nothing (laughs) (laughs) so i watched steve at it again (laughs) i literally because it was about it's called funke and it's about the one of the best pasta makers in the world. Uh, hmm. Younger, maybe like, uh, he's not, he's a younger dude, like 44, 43. And he's starting his own restaurant and how he rolls. And he had like a hundred different pastas you can roll. Wow. I was like, I did not know that there was a hundred different pastas. I thought it was pretty much spaghetti and mac and cheese. Maybe a little angel <laughs> hair. Angel mac hair. I don't think mac and cheese is a shape. I don't know. I think is it? Oh, that's true. You're right. <laughs> Are you thinking of like elbow macaroni? There we go. Would you have known that, Dan? <laughs> Would you have known that elbow macaroni? Yes, yes, Steve. I like that mac and cheese is a shape of pasta for Steve. That's hilarious. In my brain, it's a total shape. I'm like, do y'all got the mac and cheese shape? Where's They're- your mac and cheese shape <laughs> pasta? That's hilarious. Man. Here, sir, please point me to your finest mac and cheese pasta. I'll be like, I'm looking for some spaghetti, spaghetti noodles. They'll be like, okay. <laughs> Okay, just take it down a notch. You just watch The Godfather. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, you. I didn't know you were like a chef. Oh, gosh, no. Not a chef. Um, uh, but, you um, know. <laughs> zero to 100 every time. You, I, here's, I bet you you make, like, what is, you, if I were to say, hey, we're all getting together and Rebecca's making her signature dish. What is that going to be? Uh, Either lasagna 
or chicken marsala. Oh, Thank damn. you, chef. With the exactly. Wine? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Now Come hold on. on. Here's the key to a good chicken marsala. It's all in the wine. You oh, want a mars you want a I'm telling you, you want a marsala that is a little bit more dry than sweet. If you get sweet marsala, the dish ends up being like sugary, and that's not what you want. But if it's too dry, if the marsala is really dry, then it doesn't really have enough sweetness to it. So you get yourself a marsala that's slightly on the dry side. And then when you reduce it down, if it needs sugar, you can add a pinch. But um, usually you don't need it. Goodness. And that's, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to out myself right now. Go ahead. Hit it. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> For all of us. <laughs> so she's like, Mar- chicken marsala. And I said, oh, with the wine? I had no idea that wine uh, marsala is a wine. Listen, listen. It's a fortified wine. It's a fortified wine. I had no wine. idea. I just thought it was like like you make a marsala. I had I just feel stupid right now. I had no, no idea. No, don't wine. feel stupid. You can, don't feel stupid. You, you no one can know everything there is to know in the world. That's oh, no, but it's cares. wine. I like alcohol. I should know these I, things. I do too. I but like I mean, <laughs> but uh, but if you don't cook with marsala, how would you know? You know what that's I mean? True. So that's yeah, all right. Clearly, I've never it. made that. Are you are you a wine person, Rebecca? I am a wine person. Um, it depends on what I'm eating, though. Like, I'm I'm more of a um, it's gonna make me sound terrible. I'm more of an alcohol person, so okay. it just depends on like, like if I'm if I'm getting together with you guys to watch the game at a sports bar, I'm not gonna order a white wine. I am gonna order a beer to drink with my wings. But if I'm on a nice date with a with a with a, a nice gentleman and um we he took me to a french restaurant i'm going to order a glass of wine like it just depends on my situ- well on my situation and if it's after a long night of bar hopping then it's shots so there's that but i mean it just depends on the situation <laughs> does that mean shots are in my future at c2e2 they're very much in your future <laughs> <laughs> that was said so like oh yeah this is happening by the way i didn't know if you got the memo that's another story for another day of when Rebecca had too many shots at C2E2. Oh, no. <laughs> I really those, want to hear this story. Those who are there know what happened. Oh. Was, okay. Okay. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Was it, did it take recovery time for you? The next day, I I did not feel great. <laughs> really? Um, oh, the next day, I felt pretty, like, hungover. Um yeah, let's just say I will probably never drink Jaeger again in my life. <laughs> oh, gotcha. that ooh. yeah, Jaeger is very strange because I learned that the hard way. <laughs> you think it's friendly, right? Doesn't it seem like it's friendly? <laughs> oh, it goes down real smooth. Yes, much like say, uh, and I don't drink a, a lot of liquor actually, so I'm trying to remember the name of the cinnamon whiskey. I can't Fireball. Much like that. Oh, it seems, yeah. It's, it seems like a friend, but it's a fucking foe for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I was sitting there. I had, I remember one time we were like young in our 20s and I was partying at my friend's house, second story apartment, and we're just doing shot after shot after shot of this shit. And I, I guess it doesn't really affect me in a negative way, but my friend went to Mr. Hyde level with this stuff. So we're sitting there, we're playing cards. He just gets up in the middle of a conversation we're having with him, for that matter, gets on, because it's like kitchen and then like sliding door and balcony, goes to the balcony and jumps the fuck off the balcony. <gasps> oh, sniff. Fine. 
He was fine. I think he rolled what? his ankle or something like that. But it was just this weird, like, impulsive thing. I'm like, and I was like, what is oh up with this? God. And then I started realizing that lots of people have bad experiences on Jaeger. I guess I'm just not one of them or I haven't, like, gone over the threshold yet. But I think I'm cool because I'm not trying to jump off of balconies or anything. No, oh not at all. Yeah, I don't I don't even do shots anymore. I just won't do them because it got me so sick one night. I was like, oh, I'll never do that again. Cool. Yeah, it's it's I know. Like and I'm too old to like be messing around with that stuff. Like I I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm still like 25. But, yeah, see, like, that's where I am too. And then I end up hurting really badly. The and then day. the next day you're like, "Oh, I'm not 25." Oh, <laughs> yes. I I've, I've learned the lesson of being 41 very recently. Oh, yeah. It's like you can't do the stuff that you used to be able to do, but now I I really I'm not going to go too deep because I'm sure you're probably going to go over it on your own wonderful podcast, but I do one day want to hear the full-on story. Maybe it could be a bonus ep from C2E2 with y'all's microphone about what happened the last time. Maybe we'll just make our own new adventures and then record those. We might. Oh, I don't know. On. That's beautiful. I love how you just did that, Dan. We'll you make know, our own Give me a seed. Adventure. I'll make a flower, fool. That's what I do. I lo- oh, I've never heard that before. <laughs> never, neither have I. <laughs> did you just make that up? I, I mean, to the you're, best of my knowledge, you yeah. are brilliant, man. Oh, thank you. Sir. You thank are you, inc- you are. I mean, you're a po- you're a poet. And guess what, Dan? Don't say it, Steve. <laughs> Just refrain from saying it. Don't fucking pick the low hanging fruit, sir. You okay. can be like, you're a poet and you weren't aware of it. I there we go. That. Thank you. You're a that. poet and you didn't eat. Well, you weren't even uh, aware. Yeah, really close. <laughs> you weren't you're even <laughs> That's hilarious, G. That is so freaking funny. So anyway, so uh, we haven't really talked about, we've done it before, but would you tell the listeners a, a little about, about the other podcasts that you have and what they're all about, who your co-hosts or whatnot yeah. are? Yeah. Um, so uh, Animated Badcast is a uh, retrospective show. We it's I co- co-host that with Paul. Um, he and I are going back looking at Batman the Animated Series from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Paul's favorite cartoon. Um, and I think Batman I can I could safely say is Paul's favorite uh, property. I think as mm-hmm. far as like comics go, like DC comics. Um, so we we go back, we watch an episode, we break it down, we kind of talk about it, and we kind of look at it also through like a lens of like the modern age, like mm-hmm. did this episode hold up? And um, we also talk about Batman comics, Batman news, DC news. Um, it's kind of evolved into, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like a DC podcast, um, which is cool because uh, there's plenty of DC characters and properties that I love. And um, I also, I'm on number one comic books and that's with Brian from PCL, uh, Joe Stark from Starcast and Rod from Turn It Up to Eleven, which is a Stranger Things podcast. Um, we each pick a new number one comic book every other week. We read all four books and then we discuss them on the show. And we basically give our thoughts and we uh, let our listeners know if we think that they should pick them up, give it a try, or uh, read them. If if we're going to continue with the series or not. Um, and we are very honest. Like uh, we we try never to be mean or cruel. I, I don't think that's ever appropriate. Like especially when you're dealing with like creators. Yeah. Like so, yes. Like some somebody poured their heart and soul into this thing, and you know for like me to get on a show and be like this thing is trash and it's yeah. garbage and yeah. this person's a fucking idiot yeah. no that that's not right <laughs> 
But, you know, certainly if I read a book and I didn't like it, I, I will say I didn't like this book. I, I, and normally I really just chalk it up to this. I'm not the audience for this book. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's plenty of books that we've read on that show that the other three guys love them. And I'm just like, this is not for me, guys. This is not a book that I liked. And sometimes, you know, in comics especially, there's there's still a lot of stuff that they the way they portray women and draw women that I'm not always 100% happy with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, j- just a quick side note. Did you guys hear see that story about what Dynamite Comics is doing with with Nancy Drew? I did, saw. Yeah, that. I did see. What a weird way of going about that. I, okay, so it's <laughs> Nancy Drew's 90th, at, 90th birthday as a mm-hmm. character, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I grew up reading Nancy Drew. My mom read Nancy Drew. Kids younger than me are reading Nancy yes. Drew today. Yes. Okay. So for the 90th anniversary, they decide, hey, how about we take this feminist icon girl detective and we kill her in the first issue? And then the Hardy Boys, you know, people with penises have to come in and save the girl with a vagina. And yes. it's like, okay, um, first of all, gross. Second of all, no. Why would you do that? What? It, I, and I get it. I get how comic books work. She's probably not dead. She's probably going to still be alive. But why in the world are you bringing in two boy detectives to solve the murder of very the, weird of the girl who the book is named for? Very killing, weird. Why are you fridging this 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 character? Yeah. I I am so grossed out by it. Yeah. I I and the sad thing is that the same creative team previously wrote a crossover book of Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, which I read and loved and enjoyed very much. And so to come back with the same team and do this, I'm just like, who who said this was okay? Yeah, like I, I, how did that go down in the meeting? Who's who's pushing this? You know what I mean? That's fucking stupid. I, I there I just say, you know what? I think the Di- Dynamite Comics needs more diversity on their on their creative teams like i i don't i can't imagine you having enough female voices in the room or people of color in the room or whatever in the room and you're just like letting you know white dudes say let's do this no we've had generations of white dudes saying let's do this and it really hasn't worked out so well for me so (laughs) i i would yeah anyway uh very i'm very upset by that because i just think that's a terrible way to that's what they led with oh in celebration of her anniversary this is what we're doing i think that's just the worst idea ever but anyway no you've got a great point no that's a terrible for me when i watched it i said because i don't even i never read the books but i they're so in the culture that i knew about them both i'm like oh yeah when they're like nancy drew dies who's gonna solve this mystery and i was like why would you do that it would make more sense for like for like either for one of the Hardy Boys to die, exactly, and, and Nancy then Nancy to, exactly come in and and help the other brother solve the crime. But that's kind of how, and maybe this was their thought process of like in in the previous comic it, that was kind of what happened. One of the Hardy Boys got into trouble. He was accused of a murder, and then like Nancy Drew got involved and helped them. So like okay, maybe they figured well we did that storyline, so let's do another storyline. 
okay, that's fine. But then I just don't think killing your main character and saying and leading with that as an advertisement for it, saying in celebration of this character, we're going to kill her off. I, I for her I, was it 90th anniversary? It's it's her 90th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Let's make it special, right? Yeah, that makes no sense. I I'm just really upset by that. And you know, so again, like I know I was talking about number one comic books, but like there are certain things that sometimes come up in these books that like you know, and I my my other co-host sometimes they're just not they're not sensitive to it because they don't they don't have the same experience that I do yes. growing up as as a girl. In a in a world trying to find her place in in the pop culture world, exactly, it's, exactly. I've just had a different experience, and Steve, you've had a different experience as a black man growing up, and exactly. Dan, you've had a different experience as a, a Latino man growing up. So it's like we could all talk about our different struggles that we had, and in certain ways that we had difficulty, but I, not every. But I could never step into your shoes, Steve, exactly. and be like, "Oh yeah, I totally. Oh yeah, I totally yeah. understand your struggle totally. now." No, totally. I could never do that. So yeah. I, I get it. Sometimes I see books in a different way. And then sometimes my co-host will see books in a different way and bring up a point from their childhood that I'll be like, wow, I never thought about exactly. that. I, I get why this might be upsetting now. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah so our, our show, uh, I enjoy that one a whole lot, of course, as well, because um, I love comics. And then um, finally, uh, Picard Cast. That's my brand new show that has been going for a little bit. Um, Dan was on an episode uh two episodes actually and Lovely um time, by the way yeah we had a great time talking to you too and uh yeah. it's all uh all about star trek uh so it's all about the cbs all access show picard and um so it just dropped on thursday the first episode but before that we were recording um episodes like key episodes of next generation that like you should watch to get ready for Picard. So um, that's what we were doing. And then uh, today, actually, we recorded our first episode of uh, the new series. So Ooh, the recap. The recap. Yeah, we did that today. I'm so excited. I can't wait for that to come out. You guys can like hear it. That That's where you can hear me. And then, you know, I'm on all the social media stuff and all that. But um, usually ranting about something that's upsetting me but <laughs> oh you've already seen my twitter there's a lot to be disgusted with these days uh, there is there is and you know, and i man. get it like i i get it i i try to be as woke as possible and and there are things that happen that do upset me and things just when i think it can't get any worse oh, i does. read a thing and i'm mm-hmm. just like oh and, and and then it got worse <laughs> yes it is, it is it's a hellfire and brimstone time outside but yeah i mean stuff like comic books do bring me back to uh you know you know going to the comic book shop uh getting a random comic reading it through although i will say i need to start i need to start researching if it's a one-off because sometimes i read these books get really into it then it ends and i'm like wow that seems like a solid ending i wonder when the next one's coming out and i look up they're like i was like oh this is only one book I thought there was yeah. another thing coming. I, I got to be careful about these one-offs that a lot of people are doing. But I really need. Uh, I know, like Brian had told me to check out "Death of the Death of the Family," and I yes. haven't gotten a chance to check that out. I want to see. De- I want to read "Deceased," but I bought my son the "Deceased" book, and he won't unwrap it because he loves the cover. So we're not going to be. I'm, oh. I'm going to have to go buy another deceased another one yes because he has the joker cover and he's like oh i'm not opening this this is that's hilarious yeah and so but did you like that did you read deceased and did you like it i've i've read a little bit of deceased what i've read i've liked um i'll be honest like sometimes it's hard to keep up with everything that's out there yes so 
it it depends on some stuff i will sometimes just wait for the trade if i know it's going to be like a shorter run um and if i'm not like this book is so amazing i have to read it every week um i i will just wait for the trade and then i'll just i'll get the trade on like amazon or comiXology and then read it um I I've been reading lately a lot more Batman stuff for mm. animated Batcast. So like, you know, reading like the Greg Capullo and um uh no the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo run of Batman uh is great because those guys like redefined man uh, Snyder is no he is good every time. Oh Scott Snyder is just amazing <laughs> and you know and then. And then Greg Capullo with his art is just have in, have either of you read Court of Owls? No. Have you, Jen? I have it sitting in the room Dude. right next to me, actually. My son has that one. And I really need to get on that. Let me tell you something. So Court of Owls was my introduction to Snyder and Capullo. Um, and I think that might have been the first thing that they did. But I read it like years later. Um, Court of Owls is, in my opinion, one of the best Batman stories out there. I would love, love for them to adapt that into a movie. But to be fair, the villain is hard to get, I think, portray on screen. And I don't want to say any more than that because you haven't read the story. And I feel like if you read the story and then get the idea you might agree with me or you might not. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's like the thing with Batman is, I mean, how many times are we going to see Batman in the same story? You know, oh, here's the Joker. Oh, here's Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, they yeah. fell in love. Oh, no. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm not looking forward to the new Robert Pattinson movie. I am. Um, but at the same time, too. We have a lot of Batman movies out there. Exactly. We have a million. Why do we need to do this again? I don't hate on them. More power to them. But I'm just like, why not try another character? I always feel like it's because it's safe. They know that it it's it's gonna bring money for sure. Oh, it's totally safe. The name will do it. The name will and again, remember, Dan, like we said before, this all this is all Burton. He started this thing where it's just like, oh, yeah. oh you put the Batman name on something, it well, will now it make work. money. Exactly. Yes. A dark Batman, though. But like, I think you have to give, besides Tim Burton uh, as the director, which you have to give him a lot of credit to, I think you also have to give a lot of credit to Michael Keaton. I didn't think of it, but that's true. It's true. I will say this. Everybody has like, it's kind of like Superman. Everybody has like their oh, Batman. she's about to say know? my wonderful thing right now. <laughs> I, oh, I don't I don't know what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I will say this, when it comes to Batman, for me, mm-hmm. this is just my opinion. Yes. I think I think the best live action on-screen Batman we've gotten is is Michael Keaton. Thank you. Thank and you. I I will tell you why. Thank you. Because it is the only time on-screen live action, I am not counting Batman the animated series because that's a whole other conversation, but Live action on screen. It is the only time we have gotten Detective Batman 
on mm. the screen. Yeah. Every other time you got you got your Nolan films and you've got Christian Bale who has needs a lozenge. Where's the ball? Yeah, I don't you know, know what that's all about. And I don't then, know what that's all about. Then you've got Ben Affleck who's like, uh, Martha? And then, you know, and now we've got uh, Robert Pattinson, which we don't know. I don't know what he's going to do with the role. I'm assuming he's going to do something really good with it because I do like him as an actor. Yeah. But if we're talking... In my mind, Detective Batman, which is that was that's his thing, right? The world's greatest yes. detective, yeah. not the world's greatest tire flipper, not the world's greatest crawling out of a hole to fight Tom Hardy in a pimp coat. Yeah. It's the guy. It's, <laughs> it's Detective Batman, and Michael Keaton was Detective Batman. And in the animated series, you had Kevin Conroy doing the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman. And every week he was Detective Batman. That's every true. week he was Detective Batman. And that's why I think that show holds up over like maybe let's say, uh, and there's no there's no um, hate towards this other show I'm about to mention because I also enjoyed that show. And I, I like it now too for what it is, but I can see the, the cracks in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, X-Men the Animated Series. I loved X-Men, the anime series from the 90s. I'm re-watching it now on Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. um, and it's fun to revisit it. Um, but if that that's all like bright lights and action. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and there is story there. I'm not going to say there's not story there. But I'm just saying when you go back and watch like Batman, the animated series, you've got a plot every week straight from the comics. Mm-hmm. And Batman is there with the back computer clickety-clacking his way and figuring out what's going on. And I just think that. That's the Detective Batman that I'm yearning to see on the no big screen. Qu- you know and I don't question. know why they won't give it to me. I don't understand. Why do you... Th- I guess I'm in the minority. Everybody else wants to see Batman flipping tires, but I want to see him solving a crime with his brain. Well, it's hard I- to get... You need. Here's the problem. What Keaton brought to it was a charismatic Bruce Wayne. Yes. In order for you to have a Detective Batman, you have to have a very charismatic Bruce Wayne. And... Yeah, there has to be that duality there. I couldn't agree more. It's so true. Exactly. You have to, when 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 Michael Keaton was like, I don't think I've ever been in this room. I was like, that's Bruce Wayne. We're looking at a guy that's like, I have this money. I have it all, but I'm also this suave, cool, funny guy that's just like, you can't hate him. He's a billionaire you can't hate. I didn't really like Ben Affleck. I didn't like George Clooney, Val Kil- I re- I didn't like them as Bruce Wayne. If, if now, if you find a Bruce Wayne, I think you can find a Batman. If you find mm-hmm. a really good Bruce, you can find a Batman. I'm 100% on the same page as you. Yeah. I feel like the whole, po- what makes Batman work, in my opinion, is is that duality, as you said to Dan. Um, to say, I mean, it's why stories like Robin Hood work. Yes. It's why stories like Zorro work. Because our hero does such a good job of convincing everybody that he's like this useless exactly. idiot yes. who's like, oh, a, a villain? I have the vapors. Exactly. Like they, and then so that when they put the mask on or the cowl in the cape and they're swinging around Gotham, nobody's ever going to think nope. hey, maybe it's maybe it's uh, fancy pants over there who can't seem to you know uh fight off a, a squirrel you know no, they're never going to think it's that guy exactly and until you can bring out the duality in an actor and give me a believable bruce wayne who just is like 
oh shucks i'm actually a good billionaire i'm not trying to destroy the planet billionaire that's those other guys no and and then give me a batman who's i'm bent on revenge you've got to have that's what i'm saying if i walk up to if i walk up to ben affleck he's six foot three and kind of swole i'll be like Oh, you're Batman? I believe it. I believe it. Are you Batman? Yeah, I I get you're billionaire. It turns out you're bat. Okay, yeah, you look like the type that would be. Whereas if you give me, uh, if that's why, that's why Bourne, like Jason Bourne, was so like, whoa, because he looks like a dork. And when he starts fighting, you're like, oh my god, what the crap? This guy, he does look like a dork. (laughs) He looks like a dork. But when he starts fighting, you're like, oh my god. Whereas dorks about to whip that ass. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. If if it, if it the would, rock comes up and starts beating people up, I'll be like, "You didn't need to lose get your memory back to do that. You could have accidentally <laughs> just started beating people up without your memory coming back, and then oh, just been a killing machine." This guy. Yeah, no, exactly. that's what you, you need. Someone to be like, "Oh, like Robert." That's why Robert Pattinson might be the guy because I would be like, "Yeah, I could beat up Mike or Robert Pattinson." Am <laughs> <laughs> I? I have no like I have nothing to back this up, but my son keeps talking about this. Maybe you guys know. I've heard it's actually going to be more of a detective story in this one. Ooh. I think that's what they're going for. That's what the director has said. Uh, mm. Has gone. That's what Matt Reeves has gone on record saying that this will be a detective story. Which okay, I I'm very happy about that mm-hmm. if that's true. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've cast a bunch of villains. I mean. That I don't know how I feel about that. I I worry that they're crowding the film with too many characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing a little too much to make sure that yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> you're and, like and then I'm thinking much. are you doing are you doing hush because you've cast a lot of villains and then he's like I'm not doing hush. Are you doing the long halloween then cuz you kind of got the right people No, I'm not doing that either. Okay. Are you doing a comic story? That's all I'd like to know. Are you doing, are you picking one of them and doing it? I I hope, don't get me wrong. Like if the movie is amazing and it all works out, I'll be the first to be like, well, I was fucking wrong. Like what an amazing movie that was. But um, I don't, I hope I, I hope I'm wrong and being worried about how many villains are being cast. If, but if there are this many villains, it does sound like he might be having to go like on some kind of a detective journey story to figure out who the real bad guy is. Um, which again, if it's a detective story, you guys, I mean, I just spent 10 minutes talking about how much I want that. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, we will see. I'm it's up in the air, but you know, I mean, obviously we're all going to go, you know, see this movie, but I mean, like if everybody, if you love what you just heard, imagine hearing that, for hours at a time, her killing it about. Don't, I mean, come on, like, listen. Don't threaten people. <laughs> Just dropping science on one another like that. She dropping science. Now, mind you, she also breaks it down for you. So you're not going to feel like, wait, who, when? Scott Snyder, where? How, when? She'll break it down for you. You'll understand it. Check out her podcast. All of them on. on she doesn't have a network right now. Well, not yeah. right now, no. ladies and gentlemen. Not right <laughs> no, now, just, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just on. I'm just. We're just on like Apple and yes. Podbean yeah, and Stitcher exactly. and all the all the usual spots that you get that your you can click from. on. Right, that's what you do. You click. click. Yeah, you click. <laughs> oh, sorry for that noise. I was turning just, on a podcast. Just, click. You can click. click, and it'll take you to the World Wide Web. <laughs> 
much like the AOL. World Wide Web. HTTP. But um, listen, email me at Hotmail or Gmail. I still get really surprised when I see a Hotmail pop up every now and then. I'll be Dude, like, oh, every whenever I get somebody gives me their email address and it's Hotmail.com, I'm like, ooh, suspect vintage. though, right? Exactly. I'll be like, bit. oh, you were. What are we like? I have to check the date. I'll be like, are we in 2003 <laughs> or no? Uh, I, I'm gonna be like, are you gonna send me back uh, porn? <laughs> I know. It's gonna work. My hotmail was clogged with just spam porn. Oh, for sure. I I will not do it. But uh, people, since we were just talking about it, I'm not really in the know, and so I'm going to be kind of listening more than anything. But y'all, this week. I oh, was Steve, in Steve, Steve, Steve. I'm so yeah. sorry. I love where you're going, but can I ask one more question before we yeah. uh, move along? Yeah. S- sorry about that, dude. I, because I think this is a good one because it's actually for both of you. Okay. S- so you guys, I don't, I mean, I think out of the three of us, you two are definitely the ones that read more comics, right? So yes. I know I've had people talk to us, you know, on, on Facebook or whatever. And they're like, you know, I, I want to read more comics, but how do I get into it? I'm really not trying to go for a cheesy, like segue into this or anything, but I am curious what your thoughts are. Like, if you know someone that wants to get into comics and walks into a shop, I mean, it, admittedly, it's pretty intimidating if you're foreign to this. You know, I mean, there's just books everywhere. What would you recommend for someone that's a novice or maybe just a straight up beginner that wants to get into comics? Like, what would be the first thing you would suggest for them? Um, I would say to do what I did, um, because I did not start reading comics as a kid. I got into it as an adult and I too had that. I wanted to read comics, but I felt very intimidated to walk into a comic shop by myself with all these books and go, so do I have to go back to the beginning in the thirties and read all of that Superman? If I want to read this Superman, um, And I just felt like it was so daunting. I didn't know where to start. But I had, um, in my case, it was my sister who got me into reading comics. She took me to her shop and introduced me to uh, one of the guys who worked there. And um, they helped me curate my first few issues of what, you know, well, who do you like? Who are your favorite characters? Are you you more into, you know, this character or that character? Oh, okay, great. I would say... If you have somebody in your life that is into comics and uh, you have a good relationship with them, uh, ask to tag along when they go to their comic shop, if they still go to a brick and mortar place. Um, And if not, uh, although it might be a little intimidating, you can just walk into a comic book shop. I feel like nowadays, 2020, comic book shops are much more welcoming of new people. I think back in the day, there was sort of the stigma of like, if you walked into a comic shop and you didn't know what you wanted, you know, all these sweaty nerds behind the counter would be like, you don't know anything. Oh yeah, you'd have to get um, ready for a snubbing for sure. Right. And then the thing is like growing up as a girl, trying to be into pop culture stuff, you know, uh, getting told a, m- a million times by people that, that's not for girls that's for boys and then feeling like oh do i like weird shit and is that am i not supposed to like the transformers but i like the transformers um i feel like in 2020 we've made some progress um because i go into comic shops by myself all the time and um i've only had positive experiences uh which i'm happy to say that so um I would say pick a character that you like. If you like Wonder Woman, if you like Superman, if you like uh, Batman, if you like X-Men, if you like whoever you like, uh, pick that character. 
You can do a search on a website called Comicsology, uh, which is a website you could subscribe to. It's an app, actually, you could subscribe to, and you can download books digitally if you're not ready to go into a store. And then just find the newest run that you can find. Maybe there's a brand new one that just started up. It's a brand new number one. You don't need to read the stuff before it to get what's going on here because usually these stories are self-contained. And if they're not, you can go on to DC Wikipedia or Marvel Wikipedia and read the backstories of what happened before you started reading. And that way you could be like, oh, now I get why this character is doing this thing. Um, and then once you're ready, step into that brick and mortar store, get to know your local comic book shop and uh, start your pull list of, of what you want to read and and uh, ask the guys and gals who work there. Hey, what do you recommend? Uh, and they'll tell you what they're reading because um, most comic book shop people are also comic book readers. So I, I would say start with that. If um, some tips there to get into comics. That's a damn That's good awesome. answer. You That's see why I was thinking I was going to get a great answer. Man. That is an amazing answer. I, I I still feel like if you have a good friend that's into comics and that they'll they'll take you to their store, I always feel like that's really the best way. But if you don't have that in your life, then you have to do it by yourself. Yeah. Then just start take those baby steps. Start online and then work your way up into interacting with other people. Because sometimes that can be a little intimidating. For you sure. walk into a store, you don't know anybody or anything, and all you just hear are books, 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 and you're like, I don't know where to begin. And yeah. Yeah. And some so. people are afraid to ask those questions. They don't want to seem Indeed. They don't no want to seem like the novice stupid. in the story. Yeah, right. yeah. Nobody nobody likes to feel stupid or like, oh, I don't want to look ignorant. But everybody had to start somewhere. That's At true. some point, even the most experienced comic book reader had to start somewhere. Totally. That usually it's, you know, their their parent or a close friend or Somebody gave them their first comic book and said, here, read this. And mm-hmm. then that began their journey. But everybody starts somewhere. That's and true. so, yeah, even if you're even if you're like, you know, an adult and you've never read comics, but you want to. No time like the present. Just jump no. on in. There literally is no time like the present when you want to escape what's happening and you want to take your brain away. Just get into this. They almost suck you into a world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, you know, get into it. Like you were saying, um, you know, Scott Snyder, I got I got into him and uh, Albuquerque doing American Vampire. I'd never heard of Scott Snyder that much. Mm, but when okay. I when I I'm big into horror and I would have never got into that had I not gone on to sites like Comixology or even Reddit. We're like, what's your favorite horror comic for every ridiculous Reddit comment? You get one that's just like, oh, he listed 50. You know, yeah. and then you could, he listed 50 good horror. They'd be like, wow, this guy is versed or this woman mm-hmm. is versed. And so go and, and um, check it out. And a lot of times this, um, not to get too deep, but a lot of times this is the only way that like women and uh, women of color actually get stuff out. Because you could look that up and be like, hey, what writers that are women or LGBTQ or women of color that actually are making these comics? And you can actually get in that way. You want to support your, you want yeah. to support it that handle it. And there's some really good stuff out there. So please get into comics. Uh, listen to Rebecca's amazing. You ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Why am I even telling y'all? This? <laughs> y'all, I, you know what? I, I would, I would say this too that like being on number one comic books 
I'll be totally honest. I coming into that show when Brian asked me if I wanted to be on, I said yes, because number one, I love reading comics. And number Mm -hmm. two, I really enjoy recording with Brian Uh, whenever I can. I, I, I do. But then when he said, oh, we're also going to be, you know, Joe and Rod. And I knew that Brian, Joe and Rod had years of reading comics Mm -hmm. against against my minuscule amount of time reading comics. I'm not going to lie. I got sweats because I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know anything about anything. These guys are going to like they're going to regret asking me to join them. I'm I'm not going to fit in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I can't cut it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like I had like I really was like, <gasps> like I really was <laughs> worried about it. And then and then, you know, of course, those guys didn't do that because they're great people. Yeah. And but then also, too, I've learned I've expanded my horizons because joe loves horror comics too and Mm -hmm. so does brian so like oftentimes one of them will pick a book that i would never pick up Mm -hmm. like with because it's got a cover that i'm like nope that looks scary i'm not gonna read it (laughs) but but i have to read it for the show and then i'm like oh man this is a really good story and i never would have read it if i had not been part of this Mm -hmm. so it expands my horizons because now i find myself looking at covers being like ooh, what is this book about rather than shying away from it diving into it to read the synopsis and see if it might be something i'll try so that's exciting too when you get to um learn uh, not learn when you get to uh, try new things because of comics i would never have gotten into reading like authors like uh, cullen bunn who writes a lot of horror comics Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been it hadn't been for the for number one comic books well you know it's funny because uh i wouldn't have i okay before if i didn't listen to you i would think batman's a super cornball super cornball right because i just always thought he was corny um, but I will say uh, what got me into kind of giving him a shot is not only your podcast, but the Joker uh, one off. I was like, if this oh, is that yeah. was the one when I saw that face ripped to pieces, I'm like, I want to see how that happened. And so I get in and by the end of the m- book, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I can see how somebody could go crazy. And then, yeah. you know, it, I was like, OK, I'm into it if he has nemesis like this. Now, mind you, it's not necessarily like that in the Batman books, but it was good to be like, oh, my God, this is such a great the jo-. like it was like, wow. And it's as simple as the Joker. I was like, oh, I mm-hmm. love this story. And I'm like, if this is connected to that universe and, you know, I could actually walk through it with you on your podcast and be like, OK, well, I'll just listen to them talk about it and maybe it'll give you more insight. Everyone's going to have that experience listening to your podcast even better experiences. So I recommend everyone, please listen to every single one of Rebecca's podcast. She's going to, she's going to brighten your day. She's going to drop Aww. that science, <laughs> D science, DC, see what I did there? but she's going to drop that science on you. Y'all ain't ready. So please check them all out. You'll be so a better Rebecca, person because okay. of it. Exactly. Oh, I don't know about all that. <laughs> so Rebecca, you're, you're a young person. And you know, I remember, uh, <laughs> A while ago, we were talking about, you know, you're a person of this wonderful, oh, I know pop culture. And I was like, how well does Rebecca know pop culture from the 90s when you were, you know, in high school and such? Well, I got a five-part quiz to see how well you know the 90s. Trivia night. All right. I mean, I'll throw a few gems in myself. We'll see how this goes. Yes. Okay. 
All right. Now, I, I will say that I, I do enjoy a good amount of 90s music still, and I probably have seen most 90s movies, but I'm not going to I'm not going to start patting myself on the back like, oh, I got this. So I'm I am ready. I am ready for your questions. OK, here we go. Number one, in 1992, this modern Western directed by Clint Eastwood won Best Picture. Oh, um, hold on. No, I know, I know the name. Um, is, is it, is it Tombstone? No. No, it's not Tombstone. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, shoot. I'm not Googling either because I don't want to cheat. Um, oh God, I know this movie. I've seen this movie. Oh, it's, it's not Tombstone. That's a totally different movie. Um, it's oh and then he's like he comes back for one last thing and oh my god um oh it's oh 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 god unforgiven it's unforgiven yes there it is nice now this Ooh. next one's super easy if you if anyone knows this in 1992 this Whitney Houston song was the number one smash hit of the year. Oh my god. Um I do love me some Whitney. Mm. I, but I don't remember what came out in 92. It's the one you're thinking of. Is it is it I Will Always Love You? That's it. Yep. It's the oh one. It's I'm the... not even gonna try to sing that one, but you know, because <laughs> Lord knows. Now, this one, I don't know if you're going to get. Because I want the name of his, the group and the person's name. Waco, Texas was the site of the siege on what religious cult leader? Oh, the, um, uh, David. <laughs> I watched the, the, the goddamn mysteries <laughs> about it. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't mean to throw you off, but he actually didn't think you'd get this one. The, the, Branch Davidians. Uh-huh. That was the name of the group. Yes, it was. And his name was David. Oh, so close. So close. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. Okay, so the, the group was called the Branch Davidians. Uh-huh. And they were... David, David, David... David Koresh. There we go. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I don't know what you're talking about. So this quote in 1993 from a 1993 blockbuster was from what movie? The quote is, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they never... Jurassic Park. There it is. Yay. (laughs) And this is the last one. In 1992, who was president? Oh, um. <laughs> it was Clinton. That's it. Oh. All right, Dan. That's, you actually got five out of five. Now, Dan, do you have a few? <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. That's really screwed Thank with your you. mind now. Thank you very much. Oh, boy, here we go. Here All we right, go. we'll start easy. Okay. Rebecca, who was the creator of Dawson's Creek. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. Um, 
was the creator of Dawson's Creek? Hmm. Was it, um... It wasn't, um... Would you like was a, it? would you like a, some names and you can choose? Choice? I can give you two. I believe I can do that. Okay. For you. Judges, okay. is that okay? Judges? Yeah. Judges say yes. it's fine. Say yes. yes, yes, yes. So, creator of Dawson Creek, you're going to come between two choices here. First one would be Kevin Williamson. The second one is going to be J.J. Abrams. Oh. Well, there's not nearly enough lens flares for J.J. <laughs> Abrams. So, by, by default, I will guess Kevin Williamson? Yeah! Yeah! Nice. I don't know who that guy is. What Very does he nice. do? No fucking clue, Rebecca. This is a quiz that I just pulled. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he did scream, right? Yeah, totally. I don't know. Let me find out real quick. Yeah, I think I think Kevin I'm doing Williams this on the scream. fly, guys. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay, I just I just looked him up. Yes, he did do scream. Okay, there it is. Okay, you're right. That's that's he did scream. Okay. All right, Rebecca. What was the title of Madonna's controversial 1992 book? Oh. oh, her book. Um, it was a good one, too. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. A lot of pictures. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. I am about 99.9% .9 sure that we all love this. Is it? <laughs> it's not pasta. It ain't pasta. Oh, oh my, uh, my, my, my answer was less PG than pasta. Oh, you um, probably got it, then. And you're probably right on the money. Is it is it oral sex? Oh, <laughs> oh you're there. <laughs> Do you want to refine your answer? Uh, fellatio. Oh, you're going the wrong direction, Rebecca. One more chance. <laughs> Think about what you said. It is one of the words of the one original of the words you just said. That you yes. said. It's one of the words I just said. The original, the original answer. The original it's not answer. cunning or lingus. It's going to be the oh, original answer. So just oral. Ooh. Sex. There it is. <laughs> ah, hell, well, fuck it. We'll give it to her. Good job. Good job, good job. Uh, I don't feel like I really got that one. Though, so. <laughs> I don't either, but that's okay. Let's see. One more. One more. One more. All right. This is going to be easy. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Which album sold more records? Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill or Spice Girl's Spice? Oh, you know what? I bet you I'm going to be angry if, if, I, if I'm right. But um, I am going to guess only because I feel like it's probably what happened. I bet Spice Girls probably sold more. Yes. Yeah. Spice Girls sold I, more than Jagged Little Pill? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Jagged oh Little Pill came... That album came out of nowhere, and it, it really was a slow build. You know she's touring it. Yes, she's going back on tour. She's touring oh, that she album. Is. Yeah, she's touring Jack. Oh Hill. my god, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. <gasps> Let me tell you something. That album spoke to a generation Listen. of women. Uh, that album spoke to a generation of angry women. Oh my god! And when we found out she was talking about homeboy from Family Matter or uh, from uh, <laughs> what you call it, man, who knew? I was What's like, his name David Goulier or something like that. Yes, yeah, Dave Goulier. I was who like, knew? what? Who knew what my man can do? You never know. He lost. Yeah, yeah he, he lost. Crazy. And then she goes from him to Ryan Reynolds. 
Like she's got choices. You know what I'm saying? She's yeah, uh, yeah. And apparently I, they all vary as far as the quality of things. I don't know. <laughs> well, she got Ryan Reynolds on his way up. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. She got pre Deadpool, pre Van Wilder. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. True. That's true. And I used to love, I remember I wasn't into Alanis Morissette, but I loved Head Over Feet. I thought that was a smooth song. And I was like, okay, I like this song. This song is really good. Head Over Feet was a very good song. That was fantastic. I also liked, um, uh, but it was from another album, uh, Thank You. I lo- for some reason, that song Thank got you. me. That's on the yes. same album, isn't it? No. I believe that it is. I think no, it is. it's on yeah. a. Thank you is from the later album. Interesting. My, I don't know. I'm gonna cha- I think I'm going to challenge okay. that. Okay, let's check. Okay, what, what do you say, Dan? Same I'm album? I'm thinking that it's on Jagged Little Pill. I'm, I'm thinking it's on the follow-up. No, no, no. Thank you's not on Jagged Little Pill. There I am go. wrong. I, do, I mean, you know what? I listen, you guys are the music experts. I'm not. So I am not, not an gonna... Alanis Morissette you know, expert, though. So I'm going to go with yeah. this. Did we verify this? Do I need to verify? Yeah, I think Hold it's on, on the follow-up. Because she did a follow-up. It was some years afterwards. And she did Thank You. And I remember she was... I listened. I was like, oh, this is a great follow-up song. Okay, here here are the songs on Jagged Little Pill. All I Really Want, You Want to Know, Perfect, Hand in My Pocket, Right Through You, Forgiven, You Learn, Head Over Feet, Mary Jane, Ironic, Not the Doctor, Wake Up, and then You Want to Know Again. I think that was the live recording. So, yeah. Thank You was on a later album. I can't believe how many of those songs I know. I didn't even know oh. she had this many albums. I'm looking right now, and I'm like, what the hell? One? Oh, here it is. I think it's, uh, hold on, is it? Yep. Supposed Former Infatuation Junkie. I know nothing I about do. that album. But that Supposed song. Former Infatuation. I remember there was a music video that she did back when MTV actually showed music videos. She was like naked, right? Mm, I don't know if that was the one. On I the could, bus. I could be thinking of the, of a different song, but she did one where she was like dancing through the decades. Um, and it was, she would like morph like the twenties, the thirties, the forties. Like, and I really oh, wow. liked it. Like I, I, I like stuff like that though. Like, like, like uh, uh, visually I like, yeah, I like when um, videos do that or movies do that. I enjoy that. That might not be for thank you, but I do remember that video. But it, it was weird because when she wrote Jagged Little Pill, she she was angry and she mm-hmm. was and she and she put it into her music. And then after Jagged Little Pill and she did all the touring and all that and she kind of found like peace and some happiness, her music changed. And then people were like, man, I don't want to hear you happy. I want you angry. <laughs> Stay and miserable. It's like, what um which i think is such is such bs like i i i mean i get it like if it's not your taste but like to wish that somebody was angry and hate writing stuff like that's pretty terrible but well i think that's what we do just like i mean think about we loved my generation loved eddie murphy when he was raunchy when he went to disney movies we hated him he became a family man. We despised him. Really, we we're just like we didn't despise him, but we're like, eh, he's corny. Right. We don't like when people get their like their crap super he's together. Happy and content. Exactly. <laughs> happy with his life. Oh, <laughs> happy with life. We hated it, and so well, that's what we do. You know who was like that? Ice Cube. Oh, for real? Are Dude, we there yeah. yet? What happened? To, what happened? To yeah, Ice Cube? that's a good one. Like Ice Cube used to be like. This tough, hard, hard. Even me, a white girl, knows about Ice Cube, and it's like, oh yeah, and it's like 
now he's making Disney movies where they're going on a camping trip. And I'm just like, yeah, he used to be Doughboy. Wow. I know because wow. he. I think it's it's one of those things where you like a the Disney check is wonderful. And B, it's like when you have a family and you're like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't do this thing anymore. Like yeah. everyone kind of goes through the phase of. I'm I'm going to settle. I'm going to chill. I'm going to. Whereas if you keep wiling out, like remember, uh, you know, we see stars that keep wiling out like freaking Ben Affleck. He wild out for a little bit too long and yeah. had to be like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I need to pull this way, way back. You can only wild. And uh, um, who's homeboy from uh, uh, um, Kevin Smith's dude? Kevin Smith's partner. Not partner, but Jason Mewes. Yeah, he wowed out for a long time, and oddly enough, I do find it kind of off. Like his his look is different now that he's together, but I'm happy that he got his stuff together. But it's definitely different now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not the same. He's not the same funny as he used to be. But I'm happy for him. So you know, the most I can do is be like, yeah, maybe the thing that got you famous was that you were all crazy. But even if I don't like your stuff anymore, I'm happy you got your crap together. I'm pleased that you got your, you know, your life in order. But yeah, that's funny. I, I um, thank you was a yeah, that was a great that was a great song, man. That was, but you know, it's uh, it is weird because like I always re- like Alana Morissette. I always respect her and an artist like her who. How do I say this without sounding terrible? Um, so like, okay, we 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 know that like <laughs> the. The music industry machine produces mm-hmm. artists that have certain looks, right? So, you know, yes. groups like the Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block and NSYNC and all that when 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 the boy band craze of the '90s was going on, um, that the, there was no um five guys who happen to meet and realize they love to sing and let's start a band. No, that is an ad in a paper saying looking for teenage boys between this age and that age that have a certain look and can passably sing and we'll put you in a group. So there, the music industry has artists like that, right? They, they have things like that. They have, they have the, um, Who's another person? They have like the Christina Aguilera's and the Britney Spears of the industry that mm-hmm. when they first started, there was a very certain look that yes. the industry was going for. Totally. Um, and not to say that Britney and Christina can't sing, they can sing. And especially Christina, she could sing anybody under the table yeah, as far sing. as I'm concerned. She, she has she has talent. But there was also a certain glamorized look given to these people um that sold records and albums and whatever maybe even more than the talent oh yes but then you have people like alanis morissette um adele amy weinstock wait weinstock right no winehouse 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 jeez weinstock sorry winehouse um who i would not call those women glamorous like that um, and even like Alicia Keys, I, and I don't think I'm not saying these women are not good looking or that I think they're ugly. I, not at all. I think they're all beautiful. And in, in, I think they're, they're, they're all beautiful. They but, look like individuals. Yes. Ex- thank you, Dan. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. They look like individuals and they don't look like an Ariana Grande copy. Yeah. Again, not, 
nothing against Ariana. She can sing. I'm not saying she can't. Um, or even like, I- I'll tell you this. I respect Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I like her music much more now yeah. than when she first started. Yeah. I, I get the whole performance art stuff, but when you wear a meat dress to a thing, <laughs> a I just I just feel like, is it about the music? No, you're doing is too much. Though? You're doing too much. Yeah. You're, yes. You're, you're but when she's, when she's stripped down to the basics, her at a piano, oh my God, like she's yeah. incredible. Blew um, my mind. I had no idea she could do that. She has talent. I always knew she had talent. Funny story, I saw Lady Gaga live because she opened for New Kids on the Block on their reunion Are tour. you kidding me? Oh. I am not kidding That's you. That's crazy. But she was nobody then. That's like she crazy. had done, this was right before her first single came out or like right when it first came out. I think it was Let's Dance. No, j- j- Just Dance. You remember that song? Just Dance. Da, da, oh, yeah. da, da. So that was like her first big hit. Right around that time, she had collaborated with the New Kids on one song on their reunion, on on their comeback album, and um, she opened for them, and I saw her live. But she, I didn't know who she was. Um, she was it was her and five and, and like four backup dancers, and it, she did a few songs. That was it. But she was nobody. I was there to see New Kids on the Block. I didn't of care course. about the opening yeah. act. Yeah. Um. So then New Kids come out, and it was like ah, two, two hours of screaming our heads off. And then years later, when you think about like oh Lady Gaga, I was like oh my god, I saw her live in Long Island b- because she opened for New that Kids. Is insane. Like yeah wild yeah. right yeah you never because i remember there was a while when um john mayer was opening for dave matthews oh there's yeah a, there's quite a few people that are just like i saw him when he was opening for dave matthews there's like a quite a few people mm-hmm. i know that saw him then and i was like oh, I, oh the yeah. one time i should have gone to see dave dave matthews is when he was I, you know i would have seen john mayer when he wasn't doing weird music and so um do you guys remember ben folds five i do yes Okay, so here's okay another funny co- concert story. My best friend and I, we get tickets to go see in this really tiny venue. There's no seats. It's like a club, standing room only. Um, uh, we we got tickets to see Duncan Sheik. Do you guys remember I've Duncan Sheik? Never heard. Of I that. am barely breathing. Yeah, yes. What? I've that never was, heard sorry, that. Song. Sorry to sing in your ear like Say that. that. Wait, can you yeah. sing a little bit more of the song, Dan? Seriously, I'm not, not making good. a joke. Thanks, I'm promising, I'm not making a I joke. I was close. I literally, that's. It goes, um, because I am barely breathing. I can't find. Oh, you. I remember that song. I remember that song. Oh, sniff. That's right. That was his big hit. And then he wrote the the music and lyrics to um Spring Awakening, which was a show on Broadway for quite a while. Oh, that's cool. So anyway, I was a big Duncan Sheik fan for a long time. Um so we got to see him and we're waiting to get into the club and everybody is buzzing because they're saying, you know, on this tour that Duncan Sheik's doing, Ben Folds 5 has joined him for like a bunch of the shows. This is how far this is how long ago it was because Ben Folds five people were excited to hear him. So yeah. it was like, so and, and we're like, oh my God, is he gonna be here? Ben Folds five, is he gonna be here? So we 
by the time we get into the club, we have convinced ourselves that Ben Folds Five <laughs> will be opening. <laughs> He'll just open for for Duncan Sheik. Like we have now talked ourselves as a group into this, and they were like wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. The, the group that opened for Duncan Sheik was a group called Spooky Ghost. Now, I have tried to no avail to see if this group is still had put anything out anywhere. I don't think they have, which is a, a terrible shame because I, my life was changed that night by listening to Spooky Ghost oh, wow. on stage. Really? Because, yes, not in a good way, but yes. So... <laughs> Um, do tell, do tell. Spooky. So apparently, it's the lead singer that uh, the group is called Spooky Ghost. The lead singer said he was spooky. I think. Is there any Um, other sort of ghost? I don't. uh, Non spooky. (laughs) Casper the friendly ghost. Oh, Um, ladies and gentlemen, challenge (laughs) accepted. (laughs) Challenge accepted. But so okay, Spooky Ghost comes out. It's like the dead of winter in New York City. It's freezing. Yeah. This guy comes out on stage. I swear to God, this guy had no blood in his body because he was so pale and so white. Um, He was like, sorry, everybody. I have a little cold. <laughs> and he's wearing like, oh, that's how he talked. And he's wearing like this crazy Fargo cap. He's wearing like three scarves around his neck. He's all bundled up. Um. And then he starts, then the band starts playing and he starts singing his songs. This was music that was just out there. It's just, it was so out there. So like he's playing a ukulele. Oh, I'm in. A ukulele. I'm in, ladies and gentlemen. Right? <laughs> and he's like pluck, he's like plucking it. So it's like ding dong, ding, oh, ding, Lord. ding, 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 And then he starts going mine, 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 mine. That was the whole song. Mine, mine. Wow. And so No then, Sharona at the end of that or anything? No. I was denied the Sharona. Well done, Dan. Well his. done, Dan. What? I see what you Thank did you, sir. there. That was really smart. <laughs> that was really good. I, <laughs> I I don't know what he was saying was his, uh, but it was his. But whatever it was, it was mine, 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 mine. So the crowd, which now has imbibed several alcoholic beverages and has partaken of other mm-hmm. vices is now really into Spooky Ghost. And they're just like, Spooky! Spooky! <laughs> what? Spooky! I fucking love you, Spooky! What? And then the crap. <laughs> like, they're just like, they're just leaning into the weirdness of it. And so the crowd is like, they're just yelling at random, Spooky! I'm gonna kill myself to your music! Oh my and god! Then, and then, and then, and the other guy, then some other guy yells out, because Spooky's going, mine, 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 and he's like, okay, it's yours, you can fucking have it! <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Spooky does his, his, his bit, and, and then he leaves the stage, and then, because the crowd's like really still into it, they're like, oh, bring back Spooky! We want more Spooky! Oh, he, they ruined Whatever. the show! Um, well, and then like Duncan, she comes out and he does his thing. And then, um, he brings Spooky back for like the last oh song. Oh my God. And the crowd, you would have thought the Rolling Stones came on stage. This crowd was into it. Really? And it was just, I think they were just wanted to make fun of him some more, which uh, looking back is not nice, but this dude was weird. <laughs> and, then he and got, you can't he find them anywhere? No, I'm very disappointed. Oh, I, have I done... think I can help you out. Oh. Let's see. Here. Oh, no, Dan. No, you did not. 
I totally did, Steve. Come on. Here we Come go. On. All right. What was that? What was that song called? I'm going mine. mine? <laughs> I think it was just called mine. <laughs> what if he named oh, it yours? What if he's you know like, what? I'm no, going to no, no, name no, no, this I'm yours. Wrong. I'm sorry. No, I'm looking. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But this it gets better. Watch. I meant to do this. I meant to do this. Does this bring back memories right here? This might be it actually. <laughs> it might be it. He didn't sound that good though. I'm not gonna lie. He sounded pretty bad live. <laughs> I just want to hear the my, my, my part. You have me intrigued. Let's see. Let me skip forward a little bit. Wow. Spooky. Spooky is like a... Oh, All right. I'm sorry, Spooky. You're... Wow. Spooky is like having beer dick right now. Oh, I'm just boy. not really feeling anything. Right but now. you yeah, know what? Right. At least I know that. what she's talking about now. That's very intriguing. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know where they dug this band up. I, no clue, but uh, yeah, weird, weird, funny concert story. <laughs> hey, speaking of 90s music and boy bands and things like that, what does this mean to you, Rebecca? <gasps> no, you didn't. <laughs> I totally did. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay. Ooh. He's so direct in the song. Straight this to the, the point. Side, take off your clothes. Straight to the point. You know what I want to do? I want to sex you up. That's, That's what no I want to do. Right? That was back just when so there's yeah, no you question. Direct, yeah. Oh my god. All right. So I bring this up for a reason. Now I'm sure this is probably old news. Let me turn this down just in case I don't end up being captured here. But um, there we go. It's just in the background. So I got into this thing last night where I was bored at work and I started doing like this YouTube rabbit hole thing and do you know anything about this band after this song or where they are now or anything like that either of you I do. oh god you do yeah. so you know the story i don't know the full story i just know what he looks like now yeah okay so i was watching i was watching this youtube video and it was basically uh doctor yeah it was a dr phil thing i had no idea that at one point in time it just came down to oh god what were their names is the main singer the guy that you know the i want to sex you up guy whose name is brian abrams and then the other vocalist which was uh mark calderon he kind of looked like george michael a little bit mm -hmm. you know what i'm yep, talking about yep i so, do so that's pretty much all that's left in this band now right and i i to the best of my knowledge they are now non-existent mm. so what happened in, over the years i guess mark abrams or excuse me, Brian Abrams became like a pretty bad alcoholic and he became yeah. like a binge eater and yeah. he, he really got out of control. He, he gained a lot of weight, but he acted erratically all the time, right? He would just be like an Axl Rose backstage refusing to come out and whatnot. So at one point, it was like the last night of their tour, which was so, I felt so bad for these guys. You can find this on YouTube. There's probably 50 people in the audience. Oh, and, and they have like, and they have two replacement backup dancers. Yeah. And it's, it's sad because, because you know, no offense to the guy, but he can't really dance anymore. So he has people dancing for him and everything. But he wasn't on stage. I'm like, where's this guy at? So it turns out that he was hanging out backstage, refusing to come in. Or excuse me, come on stage. So they did his song. This is according, you know, according to him, this is his song because this is the one that made them popular. They finished the song and he's like, all right, thank you very much. Good night. And then as that happens, the dude's walking out on stage, pushes him, he flies across the stage. 
And that was pretty much the end of Color Me Bad. So this guy goes and he does a, uh, the other guy goes and does a uh, restraining order, which allowed him to stay away from him unless they were on stage. And it just went downhill. I fell. Yeah, like I could go into this quite a bit because I was just like, oh shit, wow. I didn't know this. I didn't but know here's this, the and I'm thing. Back and forth. If, if Heavy D can dance, you can dance, bro. Get out there. For real, if though. Heavy D could oh, dance. Heavy D heavy used to D get could dance. Damn. <laughs> 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 what? Heavy D could dance. <laughs> he was like jumping all over the place. I'd be like, hey, look how smooth he is. Same with Missy. Yeah. Missy used to get. Down, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that it's that's physically impossible. I'm saying this cat could. Yeah, do it. yeah, yeah. Because no, he's no, just no, I get sweating it. under he the ain't, where he, he ain't ready. Just, he didn't he look healthy. That no, he just wasn't used to it yet. Heavy D was used yeah. to that. He's like, I've always been, you know, this dude. And so he was. He got up there right. and handled that business. But that, let me tell you, homeboy used to be able to sing. Uh, yeah. Dude from Color Me Bad could sing, and it's sad that it went because they had not. People remember uh, Color Me. Uh, uh, I want to set you up, but I adore. I adore uh I Mia adore Moore. Mia was Moore. Great. Mia Moore. That was a great song. I remember that was a great yeah. song. They, this was what okay. Oh my gosh. This is when a lot of these groups were doing like they would release songs in like English and Spanish. Yes, they, they release, did. They would they would release a Spanish version yes. of a song. Yes. That was like really popular, like appealing to the Spanish market yep. and stuff. Um, I remember all of that, but I remember because Color Me Bad, one of the guys in it was Latino, and so he used to do all of the all of the Spanish speaking parts. Yes. You know? Um, but those two songs, those were really their biggest hits. They were like, huge. and they were on the same album. Like, uh-huh. but they they blew up. They and they and they were good looking guys. Like, and their video was all it, they leaned into the sexiness. Of like, course. Oh, for you know, sure. they they were definitely trying to be like what like I would say boys to men did like with um I'll make love to you. Yeah. So which is still like a pretty hot song. Oh, I, mean, sure. I don't know. Oh no, it was hot, hot for that. It was hot for that time. It just we they used to do like nowadays they're really explicit. I think it all it didn't all change, but it started to change with like um too close. Cause I used to hear too close playing and be like, "Oh yeah, oh you're dancing real close." I was like, "Wait a minute, dude's talking about having a boner on the dance floor." Yeah, and I did not <laughs> think about that until I listened to the words. I'm like, "Oh sniff, he's totally yeah. talking about having a boner." On the dance. But that's when it was no, just like, "Let's be wait. more explicit." No, no, it wasn't I- Usher completely about having like that. All of his songs revolved around the club and having sex in the club, right? Uh, not really. Yeah. Usher was more of I a... I mean, he literally says, I want to make love yeah, in Yeah, but when he started, he was more <laughs> of like a kid. Like a 19... Like he had that uh, my way. There wasn't no really sex in the... You know, I think I think as he... I think as Usher got older, for sure his 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 music grew with him. Yes. Like... His, his music aged up with him. You know, he wasn't like a 35-year-old guy no, singing bubblegum pop. No, you know what I mean? No. Because that, that doesn't work either. No. But, like, I think his music aged up with him. Well, too. Like, for there were three albums where Usher's, like, consistently made really good albums. I was like, oh, this kid is really, really good. But then it kind of, everyone dies off eventually. Everyone kind of just, like, sure. falls off. Unless you're just one of those smart 1960s singer-songwriters that stopped four albums in. It was like, okay, I'm just going to now tour forever off of my amazing four <laughs> albums and never but make new know, stuff I again. Think, but see, I think that the 
and God knows I am not a music expert. I I bow to your guys' knowledge of all things music. This <laughs> is my little my little two cents about I think musicians mm-hmm. is that I think the musicians that have the most longevity are the ones that have that a diversify what they do and so case in point the bgs um say what you want about like disco like you like fucking love the bgs i love the bgs so much you have no idea favorite bands (laughs) there's no i love the bgs okay and also but they didn't just put out like Yes, they were part of that whole disco like movement that was so huge in the 70s. They were right there with, you know, staying alive and all that. But then when disco, like when that whole backlash against disco happened, they didn't go away because they turned to writing songs for other artists. Exactly. So if you Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. Mm -hmm. I love that song. They wrote they and they wrote you know what song I absolutely love? The one that he wrote for Barbara Streisand, Guilty. <gasps> and we got nothing to, to be guilty of. Oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. that was. I didn't know that song it's was called Guilty. <laughs> that came off of a, that came off of a Barbara Streisand Barry Gibb album. I can yes. see it now. My mom yes. wrote that shit. There was like a white cover and they're embracing. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh that was my the good gosh! Shit. I love that song so much. But anyway, the, so then the Bee Gees kind of you know it didn't really go away because they were always working and they were writing songs for other artists and they did that album with barbara streisand or or barry did and then when they came back as a band their sound had changed a little bit yes because the times had changed but then by this point people were looking at disco with nostalgia Mm -hmm. so they had longevity because they diversified the other way that i think artists can stay relevant is by um constantly reinventing themselves so whether you like madonna or not madonna is still around because she reinvents herself every time she puts out an album it's got a different sound you may not like it that particular sound but i listened to her back in the you know late 80s early 90s when she was doing the like a prayer um uh, like a virgin and all that stuff like that was a very time capsule album and then you hear her doing more recent stuff with all, all the dance electronica thing that she oh, did yeah she she stayed relevant because she made herself relevant totally and i think that that's how you st- that's how you stay relevant yeah. is is you you do that you know to be honest if the if the beatles were still alive today all four of them if they were still making music as a band i i think their sound would be totally different than it was in the 60s for for sure but i think but i think but i think that they would have reinvented themselves Mm -hmm. because they were already doing that when they when they got into the whole ravi shankar sound you know and then you think about like when they did long and winding road that is so that's such a different tune well, than the like the Beatles were the equivalent of the Backstreet Boys becoming amazing songwriters and musicians because they started yes. out as a boy band and yes, then all were. of a sudden did a left turn and the world followed them. That is unheard yes. of. They did it well, because- also drugs. <laughs> also drugs. Whatever happened, yes. Whatever happened, it it just enlightened them, and they became incredible. And I agree with you as far as saying, "Hey, look, you kind of got to just get out of the whole. You got to get into songwriting, 
And that's the really brilliant thing that the Gibbs did. That's a brilliant thing that a lot of these, uh, you know, these artists from these groups are like homeboy that wrote uh, that did closing time. He just was like, yeah, I know that this is not going to last forever. So, you know, you mm-hmm. linked up with Pink and he linked up with Adele and Taylor Swift, yes. you know, and started writing for them. And I was like, okay, a lot of these people think it's going to last forever. It might, you might be a Beyonce. You might be a Jay-Z. You might be a Rihanna. You might be a James Taylor. You might be a, a person that could just tour for Elton John, Billy Joel, or you might not. And you might be like, all right, let me take the capital I have right now and just start writing for, John mm-hmm. Mayer should have done this a million years ago. He should have been like, okay, I'm a good songwriter. Someone else can be, I need to start doing this for someone else. Cause now he's like touring with other people. And I'm like, this right. isn't John. What the, what happened? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But this isn't also, John Mayer. No, I agree. But then like, you also look at, um, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with like Adele and Alicia Keys and, you know, all of those women that I mentioned, like they're all songwriters also. Exactly. You know, Adele, Adele writes, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Adele writes She's songs involved and, in every single one of her she songs. She is, right? She's okay. involved. I, okay. Yeah, she's I'm not, not going to just. About that one. Now, what do you think about, out of curiosity, Yeah. what do you think about our new transformation? About Adele's transformation? Yes. I'm not sure I understand. Dan, I'm not sure I understand this either. I she transformed into what? I, I, she lost I don't a know. grip away, like to the point you don't recognize her anymore. Oh well, I mean, I, I didn't even realize that she had lost. Yeah, like I thought it you. was a picture of someone totally different, and I was like, oh, who's huh. this? This must be somebody. They're like Adele, and I was like, what just happened? Like, I mean, when it. When it comes to like um, issues like weight loss and stuff, especially for women, um, my my opinion is always if it's what she wanted that's to do. My thing. Yes, that's it. if it's if it if this is how she wants mm-hmm. to look, and it was her choice to do it. Nobody forced her. No record executive said, "Listen, you got to lose you know fifty pounds." Um, and she did it healthy and she's not hurting her body and not hurting herself more power to her. Exactly. She's happy the way that she is. But if she gained a hundred pounds and was happy that way, that's my, I'd, thing. Be, ha- I'd be happy for her too. And like, yeah, well, yeah that, that that's always my take on, on, on anybody's weight loss or gain, to be honest, um, man or woman, but I, I mean, speaking just from being a woman, like that's, there's so much pressure on, body image that's what i'm saying like for me it's like i don't know because even if she's like i did it because i wanted to i'm like are you you one can never know how the subconscious state of the world might have impressed upon you this is what i'm supposed to look like and you don't even know you're just like i want to look different be like yeah but is it because of health or is it because subconsciously you're like i want to look and and obviously when she posted the pictures you know people are like you look amazing now Oh my gosh, you look great! Yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, all in the wording, exactly. Yeah, like, you here look, we go. You look, you look amazing now. You now, look, you yes. look beautiful now. And it's just like she you was look always incredible beautiful. Now. She was always um, beautiful. She, honestly, she had, she is a beautiful woman. It's crazy now because I just looked at a picture. She kind of is it me or she kind of looked like Sarah Paulson a little bit? That's she what everyone thought like she was. Paulson. Everyone thought she was Sarah <laughs> I mean, Paulson. <laughs> Just looking at this one picture alone is what I'm saying. Everyone thought that was Sarah Paulson, and they're like, that's Adele? 
I and it was out of I mean, nowhere. Like it was an immediate change. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what happened? I say fucking good for her, man. If that's what makes her happy. And like you guys are saying, if that's, if it's not something that is pressured, you know what I mean? By the record company or something like that. And it's just for, you know, for, for their aesthetic of their artists or something like that. And right. it's just something for health reasons and peace of mind. Hell yeah, man. Good for her. I, I'm I just all hope, for it. Yeah. Keep those pipes though. You know what I mean? Just keep those. Yeah. Pipes. Well, that's yeah, that, that's well, my I, thing. If you have pipes that could supersede, like there's very few people, um, like even Christopher Cross, his album sales went down when people saw him. I was like, well, that's But that's probably sucks. not the same for, like, say, Jennifer Hudson. Um, well, she's never been a big record sell. She's more of an actress, and she does fun. And she'll do, like, tributes. stuff. So she has a really good voice. Whereas, like, if, say, um, uh, uh, like I said, if you have a voice that supersedes that, like, Aretha's never, she was never going to lose album sales. She's just like, I'm so good that it doesn't matter what I look mm-hmm. like. Because I'm just that good. Michael Jackson was apparently that good. Where he looked insane, but people were going to buy tickets to see him. You know what I'm saying? He looked ridiculous every single concert. And we still went there to look at this weird cavorting zombie guy. Because he's just that good. It really, really got (laughs) bad. It got bad, dude. It was. I remember one year. Go ahead. I have a question for you yeah. about Jennifer Hudson. Do you remember, because I'm not a big fan of reality shows and I don't watch it every year, but the year that Jennifer Hudson was on American Idol, I happened to watch that year. Yeah, me too. Okay, cool. Did you see her on American Idol, Steve? I did. I did. Okay. Do you guys recall, since you both watched the season, do you recall, because she always had the talent. Yes. The, there was never a question of your voice isn't that good mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, people, and I'm not even going to say people, Simon Cowell Simon. Yes. consistently said remarks to her of she doesn't have the look. Yep. Yes. yes, and you're Which, right on the money right there because that's from the fucking record company standpoint. That's just like the we're talking record, about. Yes, that's the record yes. company saying you're too fat to be pretty. Totally. And, and he he apologized. Is, he ended up saying I was wrong. Well, yeah. Now, yeah. I'm Simon Cowell. He. I mean, look. It's the same reason why people like Gordon Ramsay are so popular. Ugh. People love to see um, this whole, I tell it like it is, and and I'll, I'll be as rude as I want to be. And people love to see that on TV, as long as they're not on the receiving end exactly. of it. How would you like if your right? boss talked to you? Like, would you be okay Nobody with that? Nobody would want that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Like, I get I get that completely because I'm guilty. I do like watching Gordon Ramsay for that exact reason, right? There. I could watch 100 cooking shows. I do love the way the man cooks, but... At the same time, I'm watching it for the train wreck that it is. You know what you, I mean? And I can watch are, it right? all yeah. day long. I can fucking binge the seasons, just like the new one that's out on Hulu right now. But the thing is, I have had supervisors yeah. that have tried to pull that shit with yeah. me before. And there's not a fucking second that I'm going to take it. So, yeah, you're right. You have, it's, yeah. It's, 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 that's why I watch it. It's a lot easier to watch these things and just sort of remove yourself from sure. it. But you're right, Rebecca. As soon as it comes at you, people. Oh, you know, that's why I like so, watching Ink Master, because they're not mean. They'll just tell you, be like, mm. do you see how bad this tattoo is. No, I don't see it. Well, then you're not good. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> They're not saying, you suck. Look at this. They're just like, you don't see how bad this mm. is? No. It's 
it's it's generally why I don't like to watch reality TV yeah. because number one, the majority of that shit is scripted. That's number one, yes. and then number two, they tell these contestants to be as like. And not just the contestants, they tell the host to be as, like, vitriolic as possible and as ridiculous as possible. So, like, there was a show, I'm going to get back to Jennifer Hudson in a second, but there, there was a show, um, and it was about, um, um, like, making people over with their clothes and stuff. Um, oh, ugly, and the duckling or the, um, I'm, the swan? Well, <laughs> There's like a million of these shows out there and there's there's some of there's one sh there's this one team of hosts. I can't remember their names because I'm not that interested in them. But it's the, the woman is um she has like long black hair and she has like a, a, a gray streak. And then the guy who's her partner, he's like um very tall and, and slender. But it's one of these things where they like ambush the person. And usually it's like in the dressing room of their of, of a store because they, they, they think they're on some other show and it's like that kind of a setup. And they're like, oh, my God, look at this shirt. It's so frumpy. And look at these pants. You look terrible. And blah, 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 blah. and and meanwhile, they're tearing this person down to then like take them shopping to then like, I'm going to make you over and look how amazing I am as a person because look at what this great thing I've done for you. I have never liked that at all. There was another show that was hosted by Tim Gunn, who used to be on Project Runway. And if you guys know who Tim Gunn is, he was the guy who was like always in the workroom with the designers. And he's like, designers, make it work. He's that guy, right? Um, right. He had a show. And on his show, he would tell the contestants, usually they were women, um, he would ask them questions like, why are you drawn to this type of clothes? Why are you drawn to this these types of blouses and shirts and pants? They don't flatter your body shape. Why are you drawn to them? And usually, you know, it would impulse the person to start talking and then it would reveal something about their insecurities that they would be like, oh, I don't, I'm too fat and my, I'm ashamed of my boobs or my hips and blah, blah, blah. And his thing was always, um don't don't focus on like what the current fashion is buy uh, buy pieces that flatter your body shape and those will always be in style because you'll always look good and but that shows too positive right because it only lasted a season that's true because right. he because he wasn't there yelling at people yeah so, like, people the, weren't getting the results they wanted exactly. exactly so you're not watching somebody fly off the handle and calling people fat and ugly and and look at your terrible sense of fashion and i have to fix you no uh, so the with with the jennifer hudson stuff um yeah she she was a little heavier um and when she was in dream girls though i'll tell you this she outsang beyonce she outsang beyonce she can still outsang she can still outsing Beyonce on on twenty minutes sleep. She oh, could outsing oh, Beyonce. Oh, we gotta, you oh, we gotta bring this back. You rewatch that movie, and I want you. I don't want you to look. I oh I no, not at all. I hear listen. the voice. Uh, Beyonce can sing Jennifer Hudson under the table. Oh, under you are wrong, my the friend. table. If they, if I, if my there friend, was just a piano. And Beyonce singing. She will sing. Okay, we're going to get back into this. But before we do, hold on. 
because I have to leave in a bit. I do want to talk about something we all watched. Oh, no. Okay. Real quick, because I'm going to. I think Steve's bailing out of the argument. No, I'm not. Here's, here's what I'm, no, no, here's what I'm going to tell you. If we, oh, oh, I can't do it. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. Okay, then this, this, maybe we can bring this one for, we can have another discussion about this one and have the Oh, uh, no, the we're going to bring, duel. I think we should do a bonus with. There you go. Th- we need to do a bonus episode with Rebecca so that we're going to, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to bring evidence. I'm going to send Dan evidence. <laughs> and then Becca evidence. Can, she can send you evidence of her song. Your Honor, exhibit A. Exactly. <laughs> Beyonce could sing Jennifer Hudson. Under the tape. Under the tape. Anyway, so this week, before I leave, <laughs> I'm not going to do this because Dan knows if I keep... Speaking speaking of a war, let's go into it. Oh, wow. That was really good. But anyway... Uh, yeah, it's cheap. I know, but hey, what are you going to do? You know what? Else? Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's going to bring me back into the argument. Because um, <laughs> you said cheap. <laughs> so um, what I'm going to do um, this week... I had heard a lot about a certain movie. As a matter of fact, from Dan himself telling me to watch a wonderful, awesome, amazing movie um, about a war. And I'm not big on war movies. Dan doesn't know this, actually. Yeah, I'm not big on war movies. But Dan convinced me to watch a certain movie. Dan, you want to tell the people what it is? 1917, I, ladies and, and gentlemen. I'm not into war movies, dude, at all. Directed by Sam Mendes. It's. Come on now, you are we ready to do this? Because I'm ready to do this. I'm excited Isn't he, about now. This movie. He did do um, what was that movie back in the day? Um, with the heart, with the flowers on the girl. Oh, oh, oh. Um, sorry, it's right on the tip of my tongue, and I knew it when you were saying oh American my Beauty. God, it just Thank took a second. You. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh with your God, homie Kevin Spacey. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, but anyway, back in 1970. I know it's funny. We have I to do all that stuff because we'll be like, remember how good Ghost Dad was with? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember all those great movies? Hey, remember that movie that? Um, uh, oh, I ruined the joke. You know what? That's okay. No, you I'm didn't. Sorry. It's fine. Just say the name Weinstein. I'm sorry, I ruined my own joke. I'm sorry. no, it was fine. <laughs> You're good, but you knew what I was going for. I know exactly what you were going for. Isn't that a great Woody Allen mo? Yeah. Oh God. I'm I'm kind of at that point with Scarlett Johansson. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, um, I'm already there. I'm at that I'm point. All, where I'm like, surprised she didn't go for the lead of Parasite. I'm surprised oh, she wasn't like I, I can do that. I'm shocked she's not playing Aretha Franklin. My God, what a it's oh brave, for sure. Brave for that sure. she stepped aside. Brave. What a hero. I'm pretty sure she could play Jennifer Hudson and sing about <laughs> the. I'm joking. Jesus. I'm joking. Terrible. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. We can get Olivia Munn to play Beyonce. Terrible. It'll be great. Oh my God. Oh, Olivia. Come on, Dan. Dan, hey, how man. dare you? Let's talk about 1917. Yes. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Mister, I got to go. Right, so, and it takes, it takes our time over here. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, uh, so I go into this movie. I'm going to say I watched it in the theater. <laughs> in the theater of my. In my theater. Your personal and, home um, <laughs> and let me tell you something. I walked in ready, really not to really like this movie. When we say the word movie, this is what we're talking about. This was every second is a scene saying, how did you do that? How did you accomplish that? Like Dan, Dan and Rebecca, how many extras were in this film? 
I oh. mean, who knows? Hundreds at the very least. <laughs> Thank you. It's, Thank it's you. no, it's no natural feat what was done here, and I think we really need to Dude! Stop and appreciate this because personally, now you gotta understand, I've loved film for my entire life, but I really didn't yes. start diving into it until we started this podcast, like really diving into it. You know what I mean? So I can say firsthand that I have never seen anything like this before. I hear there's another movie which I can't even get the name of it right now because it's just I'm just it's not it's it's lost on me first of all, but. I hear it kind of does that same thing. I know that Birdman did that whole single shot kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I have never. No, we're seen... not. We're not having that conversation. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm just Mm-mm. saying. I'm just for for reference. I'm just saying that yes. that type of you know cinematography has been done before. I don't think it's ever been done like this before. And the way it's done is so seamless. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm sure people, if you're listening and you have heard you know other podcasts or read reviews about 1917, perhaps this is not going to be like new ground that I'm giving you, but. The 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 sheer science involved with having to capture Jesus. these shots. You know, this is just the, the single shot stuff. I mean, yes, they did use a little bit of CGI to kind of stitch things together and to make it look seamlessly. But, you know, for the most part, it was multiple single shot cameras. It looks... This is the first time that I've ever been in a movie where it felt like I was hanging out with them. Not hanging out with them, in the war with them, going through this. You know what I mean? And it gives you that sense of anxiety and even like anticipation that for instance let me give you an example without there might be some spoilers in here real quick so guys just be aware of that if you don't want to listen then maybe you should tap out now and thank you for listening however uh there's a scene where it's like right off the bat you know they they're only been walking around for maybe 15 minutes or something like this they go over that hill when they leave their encampment and they he, they fall into that little pit where the dead bodies are so he's already cut his hand with the with the barbed wire, right? So he's bleeding. And right when he does that, I'm thinking, oh, man, that's not going to be good because, you know, obviously he's, what, tetanus or some kind of infection. He goes into this. Listen. He goes into the <laughs> hole and puts his hand into a dead body. And I'm like, oh, it's just gotten so much worse. How where's this going to go? And then you realize that you're in real time. So even at the end of this movie, you know, whatever. I'm not going to blow the end of the movie or anything like that. But when he's sitting there. I'm still thinking like this shit's still impending doom on him. You know what I mean? Like it's oh, just. Oh no. When his hand goes into a thing. Yes. I said, oh, it's over. Yes. Oh, it's over. That's how he's going to. That's how this is going to end. I, I mean, I just, I got to tell you, I don't want to take up all the time here, but this movie wowed me so much. I'm so impressed with, you know, it's all basically taken from the stories of uh, Sam Mendes' grandfather, by the way, too. So he took this and he, he wanted to make a movie. He, I guess this has been kind of brewing in his head for a little bit. And he, and he finally got the, you know, the, uh, the chance to do it. And he just pulls it off so flawlessly, man. But I think it has a lot to do with George Mackay and Dean Charles Chapman, the two main characters in this. Because I had never seen these guys before. They're completely on my radar now. What do you think, Rebecca? Did you actually, uh, did you like this one? Oh, I loved this movie. I good. I good. I saw this film. I I will say that I do enjoy. Um, enjoy makes it sound like I'm like hooray for war, but I'm not. But like I do enjoy a a, a good war film. Um, I especially enjoy war films where Nazis die in the end. Um, That's always good. Love it and video games that I can kill. Yeah, Nazis on I'm I'm all about punching Nazis out. That's kind of yeah. what I do. Uh, what I like, but um, of what I do, but it's, it's what I do in New York. In New York. Um, <laughs> it's my thing. My thing. <laughs> it's my thing in New York. 
Um, I, I will say, of course, this being World War One, uh, no Nazis, pre-Nazi. Um, <laughs> but uh, wow, this movie to me felt in some ways just like the old epics of Hollywood, like back in the 40s and 50s when they were making these like sweeping epics, like, you know, um, Lawrence of Arabia or like, you know, stuff like that, where it was like, Ben Hur with you know a million extras and all these crazy you know practical effects um but then because of the way it's shot it feels so intimate it feels like an intimate story between you as the viewer and these and these two soldiers and um the score is just so perfect the score is beautiful um and then you have these quiet scenes like where he meets the French lady with the baby and then oh my god and then you have the scene where he finally gets where they get to the camp and you have there's that guy who's singing a song and all the soldiers are just sitting there and I just I found myself on the edge of my seat like oh my god like this is so it's so beautifully heartbreaking and scary and sad and terrifying yes. at the same time. But it, the, the performances were incredible. The, <clears throat> the camera work was great. The cinematography was gorgeous. <laughs> this is a film. Like, like it's, it's not just a movie. It's a film. And I just absolutely loved it. I, uh, I saw it right at the beginning of the year and oh my gosh, it's going to take a lot for something to knock this down from like That's, right now. Uh, my, what I, say. I mean, we're in January. Who knows what the next 11 months will bring. But like right now, if you ask me of all the stuff I've seen so far, 1917 is number one. Like, uh, beyond that, I mean, there could be other movies that take its place as we go along in the year, but this is the movie to beat for me for my for the best movie. Oh, there's no question. It's I agree with Rebecca totally. Like, there's a part in this movie, there's a part where he's running around from people running away from people shooting him oh. after the baby scene. The, the flares, and I'm like, the night oh, God. <gasps> One, and of I'm like, mo- sorry, Steve, really they- One of the most yeah. beautiful night shots I think I've ever seen yes. in a film. It's scary, it t- terrifying, and beautiful at the same time. I want to see if that's CGI. If they put the night post um, uh, post production. No, actually, they what they did. There's an 11 minute featurette on YouTube that you guys can watch, and it sh- they talk about that. Basically, that took a lot of time, and they had <laughs> they must have had a lot of flares, but they spent a lot of time shooting these flares up to see exactly how much time you get, you know, what shadows get created because they're always in the same spot. You got to imagine, right? So you can capture the same shot over and over Mm -hmm, again. mm -hmm. So yeah, it was the science of them taking that much time to figure out what exact timing is going to give them these shots so they can have those silhouettes. They can have like, for instance, that guy, do you remember that scene where he, where uh, I think his name's Blake, right? Blake was the one that, that, uh, you know what I'm talking about. The Blake's yeah. the one that's running around through that through the darkness. And he comes up on that one silhouette that's like, he doesn't know if it's yep. an enemy or not. And it's just yep. all of that. That is straight out of a horror movie. Dude, it is. Scary like, as hell. That is straight out of a horror movie yeah. where he's just standing there like slowly. I was like, oh, this is a horror scene. Yeah. But like all of that was done with with massive planning. And there was no like, ah, let's try this. It's perfection. Yeah. It was done to perfection. perfection. Right. Exactly. Well, but how did, if you can, if you can expound on that, Dan, when he was running full speed, how did the cameraman walk, run backwards following him? You know, I'm not entirely sure because, it, like I said, it was like an 11 minute long, 
little because he was jamming. Yeah, but I, you know, he did have one of those. Uh, I saw several different cameras. One of them was more like the Steadicam, I believe it's called, and it's actually quite small, but it's capturing all of that. Like for instance, the uh, I know it's not the scene you're talking about, but like walking through the trenches. You know, yeah. you, you it, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people on side to side, so you have yeah. to have a smaller camera. And I think that gave them the ability to do those kind of things. You know what I mean? To, um, but I don't know exactly, you know, like how it was done. It was just, there's still a lot. That's, it was insane. There's still a dude. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's still a lot that I, I, I would love to find out. I would love to see like when the D, when the uh, Blu-ray comes out, like the full on making of, because I think it's something that needs to be you know seen. Even in the beginning, when he was walking through the trenches to get like, to actually start this mission, in while they're walking, they're following one of the characters, and all of a sudden you hear the character run into a guy being like, watch where you're going. And then you turn around and he's pinned up against the wall, be like, you just ran into my friend, and the guy gets in between them. Yeah. If he didn't run into him at the right time around that corner and start the dialogue, you reshoot the whole thing. Yep. I'm like, do you know even something like that? If he wouldn't have run it, like, okay, ready? And go. You pick him up. Hey, watch out where you're going. Then the guy turns the corner and splits you up. If it's wrong, that shot was already going for three minutes. You reset everything. Yeah, well, let's go part. back yeah. to the beginning. Now, you know, that's not to say that there, there isn't some editing magic going on here. But yes, I see your point completely. And, but it's things like wow. that, Steve, that made me wow out on this movie so much. Because, okay, here's another example. Again, spoilers, guys. I don't want to ruin this for you, but this is something I need to talk about. The scene with the airplane and then uh, how, um, oh, how oh, the other yeah. guy meets his fate, right? Those little things like that. It's it's like the scene's going on, but they've somehow managed to to use practical effects and what I have to assume is CGI when he's holding him and his face is just going white. Holy how God. the fuck did they how, get has to be? CGI, how did they do right? that? How did they I don't, do that? So amazing. We watched a guy die on screen and yeah. it looked so totally real. real. And like he was he was either A holding his breath for like like a goddamn Cancun diver. You know what I mean? Or it was just CGI. Again, they kind of they weaved these things in very nicely to where everything oh, came off freaking flawless. You know, um, and, and then when he gets stabbed, or I'm sorry, am I ruining? It? When nah, something happens, called it. Yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're in sports. When he gets stabbed, he did what I would do. Maybe something stopped the knife, and so he rips through his clothes to think maybe it didn't get me. And then he gets to where the blood is yeah. and he's heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's doing what I would do. I'm like, maybe he hit my belt. Maybe he hit my canteen. Maybe he hit my this. And he's just ripping through clothes. Mm-hmm. And then he sees. There's, I got hit. There's even like this subtle little scene that I was super impressed with. I've seen it twice now. Once in my home theater, Steve. And then I went and saw it on the big screen. And it's the scene that you're talking about where the guy's like, watch where you're going. He's about ready to kick his ass, right? And it gets broken up. So then they start walking again. Now, I realize this is acting, of course. This is what actors do. But like you're saying, this is a long take. And if you have to reset. Dude! So <laughs> what I really enjoyed about this, it's so super subtle. But you see this look of anger and maybe being a little bit afraid on his face. Like you, you can tell the adrenaline's rushing, you know what I'm saying, after a almost mm-hmm. fight. And they're walking. Yep. And keep your eye on him. The way that he goes from, it's it's just like you could see the mood leave him. I can't really oh, explain dude. it any better than that. I know exactly what you're but talking it was, about. I was like, fuck, that's acting right there. Incredible. And like in uh obviously like a like who I am totally cried at one scene um when he saw the baby I was done oh yeah mm-hmm. like his whole face changed like I forgot I'm in a war mhm he sees an innocent 
for no blood, no injuries, no gun in his hand, perfectly unsullied kid. And then he remembers, oh, there's a life outside of this war. Yeah. There's something outside of this. Mm. And he, she begs him, why don't you stay in this wonderful heaven we're in right now compared to what's out there? And he's like, oh, that's right. I can't. That's right. I totally forgot. Got shit to there's do. something going on out there. Mm-hmm. When he asks her, like, who's, who's the mother? And she says, I don't know. Mm. And he says, what's the baby's name? She says, I don't know. This is a woman who has this, this poor baby has, who knows what happened to its parents, but this woman has taken this child in and she's doing her best to care for this child as best as she can. You know, here's this American soldier when he sees what situation they're in, you know, he, he, and and he gives her like, he basically like gives her all of his rations, like here, take this, take this, take this. And then she says, oh, the baby can't have this. The baby needs milk. I said to myself, oh my God, if they hadn't stopped at the farm to get the milk and that terrible thing happened that happened at the farm. Would they have been able to help this baby and the and the oh. woman? And I was just like, my mind was blown when I thought about the implications of what stopping at the farm meant. That it yeah. meant oh, it, it was... meant death to somebody, but it meant life to this child. And it also meant he was going to make it. Because once his friend died, it put a brand new, I have to get there now. Yeah. And this, there is no possibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can just take these three people, the, the, the young girl, and then the two of them, right? All these huge acts of heroism. And then you start looking around as the movie's going on, and you obviously we realize this, but it's like, that's just a small little fragment of what's going on all around. There's these acts of heroism going on all over the place. There's so much yes. that goes on. This is, this is not truly a, I mean, it's a war movie. It's more of a drama based in war. I think it is because it's like, it. you know, yeah. it's, it's not a full, even though you see what's going on you see the magnitude of what these people had to go through. It's more of like a slice of life type of situation. It's just totally. one little, little slice out of, you know, just a few people, but all of this is going on around who knows what's going on around, you know, a couple miles down the, down the road or something like that. Just exactly absolutely i was awestruck by this film it is honestly yeah this is my favorite film of the year i know that we're in january like you're saying but let me just talk to the the uh, films that are coming up for the future you better pack a fucking lunch because it's not gonna be easy to beat this one and the thing is when i was thinking i was like okay they're gonna be doing it real time real time well there's no way that you're gonna make time pass sam mendes said wrong again he gets knocked unconscious a certain amount of hours go by and now he's up and he's rocking i was just like this is a freaking movie. And I love how he, like his main thing is, okay, I have to get there. I'm going to, and mind you, I might be looking, you know, Dan, I look way too deep in the stuff that probably the director did not mean to do. But when he gave all of his food to the lady, in my brain, he, he was saying, oh no, I don't expect to make it anyway. Don't trip. I'm not expecting to need this regardless. Yeah. Take it. I you probably, need it yeah, more than me because I probably am not exactly. I'm not going to make it. If I may use a clerk's reference, like he was totally Dante. Like I'm not even supposed to be here today. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not even so here because when I walk out of here, the last thing on my brain is going to be food. If I make it at all. So you take the, and I was just like, it broke my heart. Yeah. I said, Sam Mendezarino, you, my friend are a movie maker. Hey, 
Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, I'm going to have to get out of here. And so we're going to cut it a bit short for us. But people, they, first of all, thank you, Dan, of course. And thank you to the brilliant, amazing, incomparable, the woman herself, the person, <laughs> amazing Rebecca. Thank, thank you. you so much. The next voices you're going to hear is Rebecca and Dan. I love you guys. Peace out. Peace out, Steve. Bye, Steve. You know, I know you can't stick around for another 30 seconds, but that's cool, buddy. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap this one up. But I got to tell you, Rebecca, I, I just love recording with you. We've done this several times now. And yeah. the, the conversations always just go everywhere. And I love that. Quite honestly, folks, we had more to talk about. I know that you've heard us say this several times before. But that's what I think I enjoy about this show is that there, you know, with all due respect to all the podcasts out there, there are a shit ton of pop culture podcast to talk about movies and things like that. And sometimes I would much rather learn about our guest and just talk about life and things like that. And some, this is how it goes sometimes. So I hope you've enjoyed this very much. Um, I certainly have. This has really been one of my favorite episodes and I always love talking to you, Rebecca. So thank you. You know, you're always welcome on the show. Oh, thank you, Dan. I'm so glad that we were on PCL together at that time. Uh, yeah. It feels like a long time ago now, but uh, yeah, that's where you and I first got to meet and chat and then uh, we became good friends. So yeah, I am. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Um, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the color me bad reference. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, there'll be more. I, I promise you. I still love that song. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. I still love that song. <laughs> no, no, no. That is that was always like a guilty pleasure of mine because when that came out, I was into the grunge and metal and stuff like that. So that was my like turn that shit up when I'm riding in the car by myself and then like have to turn it down at the stoplight. You know what I mean? So right. no one yeah, catches exactly. me singing. Exactly. But I love I love the songs that we talked about. Um, I adore Mia more and uh, I want to sex you up or like <laughs> those are timeless to me. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. So um, before we go, I know you talked about a little bit, but any more recapping on like where we can find you just in case people are getting in late? Uh, Animated Badcast, number one comic books and Picardcast. Those are my other podcasts. You can find me on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook and um, Instagram. Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter, especially Doll Face Rebecca, and that's Rebecca with a K A H, not a C C A. And there, I'm mostly tweeting about feminist stuff. So if you'd like to uh, join me in my feminist rants, please follow me on Twitter, and we can talk about how we can smash the patriarchy. You want a little bit of that? That's where you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Maybe you know, and more gentlemen, get your ass over there. Quit being dicks. You know what I'm saying? Quit using your dicks. Yeah, we need we need more Expand allies. Expand your mind. So yes, we need minds. more allies. For sure, for sure. Rebecca, thanks again. I really just love recording with you. It's just, it's always Same a Same here. So. Thank you for having me. Always, always. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening to episode 97 of Heroes of Noise. We're coming up quick on 100. I don't even know what we're going to do, but we're going to try and make it special. We will talk to you again very soon. This is where I say my little thing where I tell you, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. Peace.